0: Welcome to day three of Titus chapter two. We're gonna focus on verses six to eight today. We began yesterday looking at how you make the truth attractive in your life or how the truth actually makes you attractive from the inside out. We talked about the different ages and stages of life and the different circumstances, ways that God has created us. Older men and women, younger women. And now, what what does God have to say to younger men? It's very interesting. It's in verse six. Here's what God has to say. We had a list for older men. We had a list for younger women. We had a list for older women. Verse six, here's, here's the list for younger men. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. That's it. That's all of verse six. There's no long list. It's just encourage the young men to be self-controlled. Now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe God knows that sometimes young men have sort of like this ADD. They're always on to the next thing. So he didn't give them a long list. Or maybe it's that there's just one important thing when you're a young man, and that is be self-controlled. Knowing that young men often are rushing off to the next big thing, knowing that the lusts of life for things, for sexuality, for position, they can often overwhelm a young man. As a young woman, he said, be self-controlled to young women also. As older men and women, he said, be self-controlled also to them. Paul gives only one direction, self-control. Self-control of your temper and your tongue, of your mind and your body. You're a young man, and a lot of us like to think of ourselves as young men. So if you think of yourself that way, be self-controlled. But I love what Paul says to Titus about how to make sure that happens. Notice what he said. It's Just one word, but it's a very important word. He said, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. How do I exercise more self-control in my life? rather than running after anything and everything, rather than letting some temptation overwhelm my life, how do I I become more self-controlled? It needs to be encouraged. You need people in your life. If you want to be more self-controlled, you need people who are teaching in an encouraging way towards self-control. If you've got people who are teaching in a way towards self-control that's discouraging, if you've got them teaching in such a way that puts you down all the time, that tells you what a horrible person you are, so you need to be self-controlled, the truth of the matter is that will not work. That discouragement in the end is gonna cause you to be less self-controlled. We tend to react against negativity. And if you get negative people coming into your life saying, oh, you're horrible, you're awful, don't do that, don't do this, or even if you say it to yourself, you're horrible, you're awful, don't do that, don't do this, eventually you're gonna react against that. And eventually, you're going to find that instead of that helping you to become more self-controlled, you're going to become less self-controlled. You're going to revolt against those kinds of negative words in your life. Self-control needs to be encouraged in your life. So you find teaching that helps you to be self-controlled, that is encouraging. You find people that help you to be self-controlled because they are encouraging. Now, they don't encourage you to be uncontrolled. There's a lot of those kind of people. They don't don't encourage you towards sin or encourage you towards selfishness. No, you find people in your life that encourage you to live out the kind of life that God's given you to live. They don't put you down. They don't judge you. They encourage you. Now, by encouraging you, I mean, I don't mean that they ignore the wrong that's in your life. I mean, they encourage you at those points to see the right that God could do. You got those kind of people in your life. That's who you need. You need to encourage self-control. You encourage it through finding the right kind of teaching. You encourage it through finding the right kinds of friends. As I indicated a minute ago, you also encourage it by having the right kind of thoughts. I know so many people, they struggle so much with their their sin and habitual sins in their life, and they wonder, how am I ever going to break free of this pattern? Well, first of all, you're not going to do it alone. You've got to find other people in your life that you can share with and trust. And in that trusting relationship, you're gonna find that God helps you to begin to break free. He's created us to live in relationship with others. But secondly, you're not gonna do it by telling yourself in your mind what a terrible person you are again and again and again and again. Now, what do you do? The scripture says you set your mind not on your sins, you set your mind on what is good, Philippians four, verse eight, what is good and honorable and right and pure and lovely. Whatever's of good report, whatever's excellent, whatever's worthy of praise, That's what you set your mind on. And when you do that, then you are encouraged toward self-control. That's just one word in verse 6. It's one of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. One of the most powerful words for life change. It comes by encouragement. Now, there's another powerful word in verse 7. It comes by encouragement, and change also comes by example. You need both. Verse 7 to 8. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Paul says, set them an example by doing what is good. Encouragement is empowered by example. In your teaching, he says, show integrity and seriousness and soundness of speech. But that all begins with an example. Titus is a young man. And so Paul writes as he's helping young men to grow in the faith, and he says, give them a good example. Give them a good example by you yourself doing what's good. Do the right thing in your life. Do the good thing in your life by God's power in your life, and let that example work in your life. So my question in my own life, my question for your life, whether you're a young man or or you're a young woman or an older man or an older woman, we all need this. Who do you have in your life that's encouraging you towards faith? who do you have in your life that's an example to you of faith? Without that, you will not grow in faith. I will not grow in faith. As I look back over my life, any growth that's happened in my life, I'm grateful that God has worked to grow me patiently so many times. It's so many times three steps forward and two steps back, but at least you're making progress. I can say without a shadow of a doubt, any growth that I've seen in my life, it's been because I've been around other people who are growing, who are an example to me of growth and an encouragement to me in growth. You have to have it. You have to have it in your life. And he says, Paul says to Titus, as you're doing this, make sure that you're also teaching this. Teaching is also an example. So you teach with integrity as an example, with seriousness, with soundness of speech. So you can't be condemned. Say the right things so that people can't say, oh, the word of God means nothing because it means nothing to him. It's just a joke to him. It's just a joke to her. And I'm not saying we can never be humorous. I think we should be. Jesus told jokes at times. He was humorous. He knew how to laugh. But I'm saying we can never be flippant. are never flippant about God's word, about God's truth. You always see the seriousness of it. You always see the serious joy of knowing him and what that's all about. That's what it means to be an attractive young man. So we've talked about it all. Attractive young man, young women, older man, older woman. But as we walk through this, Paul has said again and again, I hope you've noticed, that there's a reason for this living an attractive life and it's not just for you. It's not just for you. It's also for the people that are watching you. And if you don't think somebody's watching you, you're dead wrong. There are people at your work, there are people in your family, there are people in your neighborhood. They're watching. They know, they know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And Paul says in verse five, live in this kind of way so that no one can malign the word of God. If we just read in verse eight, he says, live in this way so that those who oppose will be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. And in verse 10, we're gonna get to, he's gonna say, live in this way so that you can make the teaching of our savior attractive. He's really talking about living the kind of truth that only God can, only God can put into your life and you do it not just for you. Sometimes we, we can live the truth selfishly and we think it's just about my growth. I've found that in the end, that can be self-defeating. Because if it's just about my growth, at some point I, I, I think, well, you know, I, I've made some progress, maybe enough progress. Maybe I can rest now on the progress that I've made. We have an amazing capacity to be kind to ourselves in those moments. I talked a moment ago about those who are unkind in their thoughts to themselves, and a lot of us do that. I found that more of us tend to be overly kind to ourselves and our thoughts and we rest on the past rather than looking towards the future. Paul says, it's not just about you. It's also about those people that are around you. So not out of a sense of guilt, not out of a sense of shame, but out of a sense of opportunity, out of a sense of love. You live this kind of life so they can have this kind of life as well. I want to be example to them that draws them to faith, not draws them away from faith. That's what he's talking about. So as we pray today, I want to pray for two things. First, this self-control that's been a part of every one of the descriptions of the way to live life, but also our example and living out that example in our lives. Would you pray with me? And Just pray, Jesus, help me to be self-controlled, not based on my power, but your power, and help me to find in my life or to refresh in my life Those people, those things, that teaching that encourages me towards self-control, and that's an example to me of self-control. I need the encouragement, I need the examples. And then, Lord, help me be an encouragement. Help me to be an example to someone else. It's it's almost beyond belief sometimes that you could do that through my life, because I see so many of my faults. But I know, Jesus, that you're in me. And I know that you want to shine out through me to be a light to the world. So help me to be an encouragement and an example to someone else. Give me faith that you can do that in my life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna take a bit of a turn and we're gonna look at the truth about what the Bible says concerning slavery.